0: visiting. It's great to have you with us. We love you here as part of the family here at Riverside. Um, If you're wondering who I am, my name is Hannah. I'm married to Gareth and we are um, as assistant pastors here at Riverside. Um, Next week is our final Sunday um, in this season that we've been in and uh, I know that we'll share a little bit maybe next week um, just out of our thanks from our heart of what this church has meant to us and we just love being part of this family and I'm really thankful to God that in every step of our journey, God has just been so incredibly faithful in our lives and I could just talk all day just as words of testimony of what God has done. Um, But I'm here to speak and to preach this morning, and that's what I'm empowered to do. And I'm really excited for what God is going to share with us today as His church, because um, I really felt, Aaron said, this is a freebie Sunday. It's a dangerous thing to say to someone. It's a freebie Sunday. It means basically you can go anywhere you want with whatever God's saying to you and speak it out um, in faith and see what God does, which. For me, that is just an incredible opportunity. I take that very seriously. But as soon as Aaron asked me, I knew exactly what God was putting in my heart to say. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter four, and we're going to read verses one to seven together. And uh, I just want to bring a bit of context to this because so often you can see people coming up the front, like Josh and Sarah, and um, stepping into their new roles. Um, as youth pastor and assistant pastor. You can look at Claire going out to um, Minnesota to the call of God on her life there. You can even look at, you know, Gavin and Hannah are off to Wales. But do you know this morning that each and every person has a calling on their life? And I just want to unpack this this morning because it's not just those that are going here or doing this or doing that. Each and every person in this room, if you have given your life to Jesus, we all have a calling this morning. So it says this Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit binding yourselves together with peace for there is one body and one spirit just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future there is one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all in all and living through all this morning lead a life worthy of your calling this is what i want to unpack this is what i feel god has put on my heart to say Lead a life worthy of your calling. You are called by God. What are we called to this morning? To the glorious hope for the the future. I love how it puts it in the NIV version in verse 1. It says in the NIV version, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. There's an urgency this morning, and there is just such an expectation. And God is just saying to you this morning, I'm urging you to live a life worthy of the calling. And some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, what is the calling? You know, Claire's called to go to America, and you're off to Wales, and Josh is called to serve the youth. And, you know, Sarah's coming in, and she's going to be taking on a lot of different things in her assistant pastor role. What is the calling? The moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, and we confess with our mouth that He is Lord, we are all called to be His witnesses. Each and every person here this morning, doesn't matter who we are, where we come from, whether we've got any idea of what our future holds, whether we've got any plan or um, sense of what we're meant to be doing. The one thing that we are all called to do this morning is to be his witnesses. Turn to someone this morning and said, you are called. You see, what I love about Ephesians is the person that writes it. You see, Paul He is an apostle, and he goes around and he starts to encourage lots of churches at that time that that were just starting out in their journey as a church, and he was going around encouraging them. But when you get to this level, and he is stuck in prison, but still fully understanding the call of God, and he's living out the call of God on his life to encourage and equip the church to spread the good news, even though... He is stuck in prison. It says in Ephesians 6, verse 19 to 20, and pray for me too, ask God to give me the right words. I'm just going to pause there for a minute. He's stuck in prison. And pray for me too, ask God to give me the right words. He doesn't say, pray for me too, that I'll get out of prison and that I'll be able to come and join you. What does he say? He says, pray for me too, that I've got the right words. Why? So that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. You see, he knew his calling. That wherever he was, whatever situation he found himself in, he was called to spread the gospel. He was called to preach the good news. And he isn't praying and saying, come on, Church of Ephesus, pray that I'm going to get out of prison. I need to get out of here so I can go and spread the good news. No, he knew exactly why God had placed him in prison. Philippians 1, verse 12 to 14, he gets stuck in there again, and this time it's a church in Philippi. I want you to know, dear ones, what has happened to me has not hindered, but helped my ministry of preaching the gospel, causing it to expand and spread to many people. For now, the elite Roman guard and government officials overseeing my imprisonment have plainly recognized I am here because of my love for the Anointed One. And what I'm going through has actually caused many believers to become even more courageous in the Lord and to be bold and passionate to preach the word of God, all because of my chains. You see, traditionally and historically, we know That those imperial guards that were a part of the Roman Empire at the time, they would have been on other assignments all across the Roman Empire. They would have been talking about what Paul was up to. The news was spreading without Paul even moving from his prison cell. You see, Paul was walking in a manner that was worthy of his calling, even though he was stuck in prison. And I really felt this morning that God said to me, and it just echoed in something that Aaron said earlier, Sometimes you can feel like you're in prison. You can be imprisoned by your circumstances. You feel like you're chained by your problems and situations and things that are going on in your life. And so often our first thing to do is ask God to take these problems away, to sort these circumstances out. But this morning I really felt God say that there's some people here. And you are feeling imprisoned by the things that are going on in your life. But God is going to use that very place and that very situation for you to be a witness. For you to be able to sit in that waiting room and talk to people that are going through what you're going through. To be a person in your family who begins to speak of the love of God. That despite your circumstance and situation, you still declare God's goodness that people begin to see you spreading the love of God through your actions, through the way you demonstrate the character that God has put within you. So don't become a prisoner to your circumstances. You might be stuck right now and feeling chained by what's going on in your life, but God has got a purpose for you in that place, and he wants you to live out a life that is called by him to reach and to be a witness in that situation. And if that's you this morning, don't let your chains or your imprisonment dictate who you are or what you're called to. I 100% believe that God can break every chain. We sing it, we shout it, we pray for it, and I totally wholeheartedly believe that God can do that. But there are some seasons in our life, there are some things that we have to go through. And God is saying, I'm just moving you into this season and it's tough right now. And I know it's hard, but do not become a prisoner to your circumstances because I'm going to use it to glorify God. Colossians 1 verse 10 says, Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You see, what I love about this passage in Ephesians 4, it firstly talks about that we are all called, that we are all called to live a life worthy of our calling. And then the next part in verses 2 and 3 talks about our character, the character of those who are called by God. That, this is for each and every one of us this morning. And what does it say? It says, Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. first thing that I love is that just verse 2 starts with just one very simple sentence. Always be humble and gentle, full stop. You see, so often, humble and gentle, people think that's weak. Humble and gentle, oh, well, you know, they're not going to really... Get to do very much, they're just humble and gentle. You know, our this example of humility is Jesus. He says this in Philippians 2, verse 5 to 8: It says, Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Our greatest greatest example this morning, Jesus, who took on human form and he served and he just was so humble in the way that he lived out his life. Our greatest example this morning of all, of what humility looks like. When you think about gentleness, you know, it's not just all about like, oh, let's just have a nice quiet, you know, oh, everything's going to be okay time. What gentleness looks like in the life of church is coming alongside somebody that you know is going through a difficult situation and saying, hey, what's going on? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? Gentleness speaks to those people who are suffering And says, it's not going to be like this. God has got a greater plan and a greater purpose for your life. Gentleness looks like coming alongside kids that are looking a bit messy on a Friday night. Kids that maybe have just gone through so much in their lives. And they're looking for those parent figures to come alongside and say, come on. Arm around the shoulder. I'm going to journey with you. You know, there have been times in... My own development and the way that I've grown in my character, I know that naturally I'm a gentle person. I'm not saying that to go, ooh, I'm a gentle person. But I know my character in the natural would never stand up in front of you all and preach, if I'm really honest. But I know it's the spirit of God working within me that gives me the confidence to do it. And I also know that over over the years, at times I've had to grow broad shoulders I've also had to keep a soft heart. Broad shoulders, big heart. You know, I've been told before, you're too nice, Hannah. Or, you know, maybe we should just do it a different way. For me, it's always about the heart. It's always about relationship with people and fully understanding what it is to walk alongside people in the journey And say, I'm going to come with a servant heart and I'm going to gently show them God's love. The next bit says, be patient through love. What do relationships provide us with the opportunity to do? They invite us to develop patience. It says, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. You see, in every family, there are times when there are arguments, in every family, there are times when you're not going to get on with everybody. You know, look around this room right now. There are people in this room that you might be looking at thinking, well, I've never spoken to them, or maybe they just get on my nerves a bit. We are family. It's going to happen. We are the family of God. We are the church. Just look around at each other right now. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay this morning because God is asking us to be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. When we're rooted in God's love, What grows are all of the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. That we become people who are patient through love. Then it goes on to say united in the Spirit. Do you know unity isn't something that we create, it's something that we preserve. We can't make a united church. But what we can do... Is keep the church united. It's what Paul asks for. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. You know, the church isn't an organization. It's not a place where by organizing everyone really well and having everything perfectly done, we're going to be united and we're going to go and we're going to take the city. That's not what God's looking for. United in the spirit. The church is an organism. And the reason it says unity in the Spirit is because when the Spirit comes and breathes life into the church, when we're united as one people pursuing the Holy Spirit asking God to come and to fall afresh, asking God for his presence to come and empower each and every one of us. When we are united in the spirit, incredible things can happen. When you belong to a church that is united in the spirit, and Riverside Church, this is where we are this morning, united in the spirit. You can feel it in the worship. You can feel it in the prayer. When we come together and we all say we are united, not because we all like the same things, not because we all wear the same clothes, it's not because we all do exactly the same things. We are united because Jesus Christ has come and he has set us free. And this morning, church, we are united in the Spirit because it is the Spirit that empowers us. It's a Spirit that encrypts us. It's a Spirit that breathes life into the church. And I really believe this morning, by the end of this message, that some of us need to respond to the Holy Spirit again afresh. If we want to see the Holy Spirit move in the life of the church, we have got to come with open hearts. Sometimes that can look a bit scary. Sometimes we can think, I don't really know what this look cycle means for me. But when we come to God with an open heart that says, God, would you come and fill me with your spirit? And when you're not doing that just as one or two people, when you're doing that as a collective body of believers, incredible unity follows. Unity in the Spirit Then it says, binding yourself with peace. You know, Christ is our peace. He made peace, preached peace, gave unity in peace, and he offered us a gospel of peace. Peace is one of the elements of the fruit of the Spirit this morning, and it's so essential in the life of the church. It's important for all of us to grasp a hold of it. And I found it really interesting when I was studying this, because Paul says about being bound together by peace. I think this is a really interesting choice of words when you realise he's in prison writing this. It's quite possible that Paul was bound by chains on his arms and on his feet as he's writing this letter. And he would have spent all day in these chains. He understands that a chain, it shows strength. There's no way that anything can be torn apart. When you're in chains, you're kind of stuck together. And when you take that image and you apply it to being bound together in peace, each and every person this morning was bound together by peace. What a strong unit we would become. You know, united in the spirit, bound together by peace. So we started off, we are all called. We are all called. Let's say it together. We are We're all called to live a life worthy of the calling that God has placed upon us. We're all called to carry the character of the called, to be humble, gentle, patient. To be patient through love, united in the spirit and binding ourselves together with peace. But what are we called to? This is the next bit. Oneness through Christ Jesus. Together as a united body of believers, we believe in one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father, one body, one spirit, and one glorious hope for the future. Church, that's something to get excited about this morning. I think a few people are excited about it. Like, Come on guys, we are called to one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father, one body, one Spirit, one glorious hope for the future. And why is it one? Because there is only one. There is only one name that is higher than any other name. There is only one person by three we can have salvation this morning. There is only one person that when we are baptised, we go under the water and we die to our sin and we come at a new creation this morning. You know, I will remember January the 7th, 2019 for the rest of my life, not just because that date is Naomi's fourth birthday, but also what was amazing. Julie, are you here? No, I don't know if you are, but even if you're not, she's away, right, but I'll go with the story anyway. January the 7th, 2019 this year, I preached a message about um, baggage. Do you remember I got all the uh, baggage out? And I know Julie shared her side of this story a few weeks ago. But this is the incredible thing. January the 7th is Naomi's birthday. So I preached a message, ran downstairs as quickly as I could. Liz Allen will remember this. Ran downstairs as quickly as I could because brought birthday cake in for Naomi. So all the kids downstairs are singing happy birthday. As the children are singing happy birthday to Naomi, Liz comes in with Julie into the, uh, into the, cre- uh, the cre- children's area downstairs. She's like, Hannah, Hannah, I need you to come. And I was like, I'm just finishing happy birthday. And um, so they've got this conversation going on. And in the corner of my eye, I can see this lady. (laughs) And um, so happy birthday, over to Gareth to cut the cake. Hi, Liz. (laughs) And she's just like... I need you to speak to Julie. She just wants to speak to you. And I was like, okay. So I take her into the prayer room, and what unfolded was the best birthday ever. Because Naomi in one room is having a birthday, and in the next room, Julie is also having a birthday because she has repented and given her life to Jesus. And I'm walking her through the sinner's prayer. Well, happy birthday is happening over here. And I'm not saying that to go, woohoo, look. I, I mean, I wasn't—I didn't know what was going to happen in those moments, but God totally did. And to watch Julie's transformation in the past few months has been absolutely incredible. And I just glorify God that even in those moments when God tells you to do something, just to run with it and just to see what he can do. You know, I'm really thankful that in this church we are one body, that we are family, that we are the body of of Christ spoken about that a bit already but I'm also thankful that for for the past 18 years being in a church that lives out the call of God being in a church that demonstrates what it is to be humble to be gentle to be patient to be loving to be unified and that demonstrates peace that's who you are Riverside Church that's what I've grown in for the past 18 years. And I'm really thankful that many of you have been on that journey with me. The good times, the bad times, the ugly times, and the beautiful times. It's been a journey. but I'm thankful for a church that lives out the call of God day in, day out, in this community and in this city. A church that allows others to grow. A church that equips people and get them ready to step into their plans and purposes that God has for their lives. And I'm also thankful that I've been part of a family. So 18 years ago, I walked into that room. It was a Sunday evening. The the church wasn't um, as full as it is now. It probably would have been the front section, and that was probably about all. Um, All of the young people were away, and anyone that looked like a young adult wasn't there. So I walked into Riverside. John and Andrean Parton were the pastors pastors at the time. And literally, there was, like, no young people. And everyone kept coming up to me saying, oh, the young people are away. We're really sorry, but come next week. It'll be be great. Um, It took an old couple that lived in Exmouth, because that's where I was living at the time, in a bed and breakfast. Another story. Come tonight to Exmouth, if you want to hear that part. But um, I was living in a bed and breakfast in Exmouth. So the journey, no car, didn't have a clue where I was, from Exmouth to Exeter was going to be a bit of a, you know, it was going to be a bit of a trek to get to church every week, but I was quite determined. So an old couple in the church um, called uh, Jim and Mo, they took me back in their car, dropped me off at the B&B, picked me up the following Sunday morning. But you see, I'd, be, I'd grown up in a church where I really wanted to, um, I'd grown up in a church where I'd been very involved, and I really knew that one of the keys to being part of the church and part of the church life was to get involved. So... I knew they had a Sunday evening service as well, but Jim and Mo weren't going to it, so they said, oh, it's fine, you know, you can catch the bus or go on the train or whatever. So I came on a Sunday evening, and Ali Tame, if you're here, give me a wave. (laughs) There she is, right at the back. So I came on a Sunday evening and um, bump into Ali Tame. I mean, once you've bumped into Ali Tame, you know that she's going to keep bumping into you and saying hello every week because she's so good at it. Um, But Ali Tame... Quickly in the conversation, asked me about, oh, what did you do in your last year? I said, oh, I did kids' work. She said, great, you should come on Friday nights to our kids' club. And I thought, great, I'd love to get involved. And so every Friday for however long it was, Ali Tame used to pick me up from the bus station in Exeter to enable me to come and serve on a Friday night and would stick me back on the bus about half past seven in the evening back to Exmouth. That's family that's actually what kept me in this church because she grabbed hold of me and could see the potential. And she chose to get to the bus stop, pick me up and bring me here. And I know there are countless numbers of stories across this room of people who have just been welcomed, who have just been part of the family and have been mobilized into what God has called them to. You were called by God this morning. The reason I tell you about a story about a bus is because this is where I'm going to change gear slightly. Quite literally. And I want you to go with me on this little journey for a moment because a few weeks ago the story with Ali came into my mind but also did another story. So in our family we have um, been embraced by a programme on Netflix. Just go with me here. It is going to insult your senses, what you're going to see in the next minute. It really is. It is the most annoying theme tune you will ever hear on the face of this planet, and it is full of the brightest colors you would have ever seen. But I'm just going to give you a moment to appreciate this. This is Teo the bus. You're going to be thinking about this as you go to bed tonight. Just breathe it in. (laughs) So we'll just keep it playing and I'm just going to tell you the uh, little introduction to Teo. So for Teo and his little bus buddies, the city is full of different friends to meet, new problems to solve and exciting places to explore. As they learn their routes around the busy city, Teo and his little bus friends discover new sights and go on exciting adventures every day. So, I think we've had enough of Teo now. Um, I certainly have. Um, we're on about Season 3, Episode 10 now, and it's, uh, it's certainly taking its toll. Um, and he also has a friend called TPPTO, who is a train that also has his own series. So um, it's all exciting in our house. Um, <laughs> the reason I tell you this, not to uh, not to change direction completely, is because when I was growing up, um, I grew up as a pastor's kid, and... There were many times when my dad and I would share a journey in the car, and we had gone to a uh we'd gone to a meeting with Paul Scanlon, who um was the pastor at Life Church in Bradford. And during the message, I was only about fifty early on at about eleven years old, was I really had a powerful um experience of the Holy Spirit, completely just I was almost looked like I was drunk in the Holy Spirit when I was baptised in the Holy Spirit and from that moment on I just really desired to be in God's presence and to grow and to learn and dad often used to go to lots of different meetings and things and there was this one particular meeting he went to, it must have been about 15 years old and we were were hearing Paul Scanlon speaking and he said these words, he was talking in the context of leadership, I was sitting there not really involved as much in leadership then but just embracing it all, and there was a phrase that stuck with me, and I used to repeat it to my dad in the car at times when I knew things were f- a bit tough, and it was this. Some people get on the bus, some people get off the bus, but the bus driver keeps going. And um, I just wonder, actually, Janet, can you just go and sit on that side for me next to Gareth? And I just want Aaron and Rachel just to come and sit in the middle here, if that's Okay. There's a reason why I bought this. It is from a Peugeot car, but we're just going to imagine it's a bus steering wheel. (laughs) I'm just going to give it to Aaron. (coughs) Oh. You see, um, in Teo, there's a bus depot where all the buses go day in, day out, day day out. And they also have um, a lady there who is like the person that is the um, kind of the in charge of the bus depot. The, what would you call that? The I wrote it down. Like the, not the conductor, but like person overall in charge. The director and um, the director makes sure that all the buses have, you know, the petrol and the fuel they need. The director of the bus company is a person that's on the other side of the radio. They're also the person who makes sure all checks are done. They also are the place where the butters go to have a rest at night. So all of these things are really important. The depot is so important. And in the context of spiritually where I want to go with this, is I just really felt God saying that God is the director. He is in the depot. And that is a place of rest. That is a place where we go to get our checkups. That is a place where we go when we need refueling. God is is in the depot. But... From that place, you then have these buses, you see, and these characters that develop out of that. And what I felt God really say um, in the context of Riverside Church is that you have got an incredible driver of the Riverside bus. And I'm going to try not to look at him because if I look at him, I will cry and he will cry and it will all be a mess. So I'm going to keep going and look at everyone else. But you have got an incredible driver of this bus. And you see... Just as I used to say to my dad, I say to you, that some people get off the bus, some people get on the bus, but you've got to keep driving. Because, you see, there are incredible people that are on your bus with you. But on this bus are also people that need to drive other buses. So Claire going to Minnesota, she's going out from the depot, but she's going to Minnesota. She's still coming back to the same place. Because we are all one body. And this is linking back to Ephesians again. We are one body. We are one family. When Claire goes to America, she's still part of the family because we are part of the family of God. What What makes it easier going to Wales, for me particularly, in the context of family and relationship, is I know that I'm still part of the family because I'm part of the family of God. And what I'm excited about, and this is really one of, just what I want to drive home this morning, is that some people get on the bus. Some people get off the bus, but the driver keeps on going. And I really believe this in the context of this church, that as the driver keeps going, there is a bus stop just around the corner that is full of people waiting to get on. It's full of families. It's full of young people. It's full of older people that are just waiting to get on the bus. You see, sometimes the bus is going to be full and some of you are going to have to give up your seat for someone else to sit on. And you need to stop getting comfortable because God is saying, it's time for you to stand up. It's time for you to start getting a bit messy, it's time for you to start getting a bit uncomfortable because there are people on the next bus stop that have never been on this bus before, they don't know anything about the love that they're going to experience on this bus but it's time for you to stand up, some of you need to get off and what I mean is don't leave but you need to get off and start driving your own bus because your bus goes back to the same depot, your bus is still connected to Riverside Church but some of you in your workplaces, God is giving you the steering wheel and say, come on I need you to start driving this bus, not just doing your work, but I need you to start to begin to see people as I see them. I need you to start picking people up on your bus that are hurting, that are in pain, that you can speak to. I need you to start picking people up on the bus that have got heavy loads to carry, that need to go into the hold and they need your help. What I love about this bus and the driver is he's got an amazing conductor on the bus. You see, Rachel... She knows everybody on the bus. I nearly was going to say she also takes everyone's fare. She doesn't, but she's in charge and part of the financial team (laughs) of the church. (laughs) But she's an incredible conductor. She knows everything that's happening on this bus. She knows every person that gets on and off the bus. And she cares very deeply about them. But there's also times when the bus driver, because he's so experienced, he sometimes gets asked to... Go and help another fleet. There are moments when Aaron gets shipped out a day a week to go and sort other things out. And sometimes the bus driver, because he's got such a great conductor, she can drive the bus as well. And there's a season coming when you're going to need to drive the bus sometimes, Rachel. And I really believe that that's powerful for you this morning. And that I need to say it in front of the context of this church. Because there's times when this driver, his experience is needed at times, to go to other fleets and go to other places to strengthen and support. He comes back, and the conductor's quite happy to give the, um, <laughs> give the steering wheel back when he does. But there's times when this conductor needs to step up and also hold the wheel. And I also want to honour some people in this church this morning. I wrote this down because if I do cry, I won't get it all out. So I'm just going to say this to you. Those people who have been on this bus and have been there when the wheels have fallen off, I want to honour you this morning but you've stuck with it. When the bus has broken down, you've been there to help to pick up the pieces. When people have got off the bus too early, you've stuck with it. For the people, when the bus has just got a bit, you know, off track, maybe, you've stuck with it. Those of you that have stood up to allow other people to sit down, and I'm not talking about on a Sunday morning that you've given up your chair I'm talking about maybe in your time sometimes when you can see that someone else has needed someone's time or someone else has needed just that cup of coffee and you can stand up, allow them to sit and start to serve them. Going back to humility, going back to gentleness, going back to demonstrating love and patience. You know, there have been lots of times when there have been heavy loads to carry on this bus. But I'm so thankful times when the wheels have fallen off or the bus has had to go back to the depot just to have a bit of rest time and just to get fixed again, that the people on the bus have gone is okay. We're going to carry these loads together. I'm going to get to the destination. Because you know what? One day we're going to go to that place where there is a glorious hope and a glorious future. And when we get to that place, God is going to say, well done, you good and faithful servants because you didn't let the wheels fall off. You didn't let the load get too heavy. There's another bus I just want to speak into. Josh, can you just stand up and grab the steering wheel for me? Um, Yeah, we're going to just make a youth bus. So very quickly, Josh is just going to put his chair there. And if you are a young person here this morning, or if you are on the youth team, can you just come and join Josh's bus for a minute? on the floor is good. It's quite a big bus, you see. (laughs) I purposely asked Josh if the youth could stay in today and they're probably wondering what on earth is going on. What's incredible is the team on this bus. (laughs) You see, Josh has been holding that steering wheel for a while already, but now he's got a fresh mandate for it. And There are some of you that are sitting on this very long bus, you're going to need a double-decker. There are some of you that are sitting on this bus, and you've got on the bus, you're not sure quite why you're there at the moment. Some of you are not sure whether to sit down, whether to stand up, where you're getting off, where you're getting on, but I want you to know that the driver of your bus has got an incredible vision. The driver of your bus, as he's going round the corners, he can see the bus stops where there's young people that need picking up. This bus is going to get noisy sometimes. This bus is going to get messy sometimes. But as you, as you trust your driver, and as you know that the bus is fueled with the power of the Holy Spirit, this bus is going to go places. This bus is going to go on new adventures. This bus is going to see things accomplished that no other bus has seen or been to before. And I just want to encourage you to encourage your driver. So as you get off this bus in just a moment, I just want you to say thanks, Drive. Okay. Or just speak something into him as you walk past back to your seat because this driver needs your encouragement just as much as these drivers do as well. But church, we've all got a calling to live out. You've got a wheel to pick up on your bus, in your workplace, in your school, in your family, where God's sending you to. But let's be people this morning who choose to stay on the bus. who choose to go to the places that God has called us, who are ready and equipped through the power of the Holy Spirit to go to places to pick up people that are in a mess, to get them on the bus, to see them experience the love of God, to see them empowered so one day they can go out and they can go and drive a bus to a new destination. Church, can we stand together? Guys, just go and encourage your driver over there. We can just get the um worship team back up for a moment. Do you know? In the context of a bus and just in the context of life, we can't get anywhere without the fuel of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to encourage you this morning, going back to those verses in Ephesians. Church, I beg you this morning to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. This morning, church, is a significant day. It's a day of transition. It's a day of moving forward. And as much as as leaders we transition, and what an incredible transition season this has been, just want to honour God and praise him for carrying us through this time. But there is a mandate on each and every one of you in this room to live a life worthy of your calling and to be united in the Spirit. So all across the stream, can you just hold hands with the people along your way? And I want to pray for you this morning just as we finish. I know time's gone, but I just want to cover you in prayer before we um, wrap up today. Father God, I thank you and praise you this morning for this church. I thank you this morning that each and every person that stands here, whether they're here for the first time, visiting, they've been here for a hundred years, I thank you, Father God, this morning that we are united because Jesus Christ, what you have done for us, that we are family this morning, that we are one body, united in Christ. That just as we stand together united in this room, all across the world, we are united with hundreds and thousands of believers who are standing as one body, with one faith, one God, one spirit this morning. Father God, would you open our eyes this morning to live out lives that are worthy of your calling that you have placed on us, your church. Father God, this morning, would you equip us to be able to take hold of the steering wheel and start driving into places of pain, start driving into those communities that are hurting, to start picking up people that are broken, to start equipping us, Father God, to just be able to embrace those that are hurting in our worlds today, Father God. Lord God, would you come now with the power of your Holy Spirit to fill us up, to fuel us for the journey ahead. Father God, we need you more than ever before. And just as we stand holding hands this morning, would you bind us together with peace? Lord God, would you bind us together with your love this morning? Lord God, I pray all across this place that there would be unity in the Spirit, that would be people that are bound by your peace father god that as we step forward as a body of believers we would see hundreds and thousands of people that would get on the bus and start to experience your love and would experience your presence and that they would step forward into the plans and purposes that you have for their lives so father god today i thank you god that we are united that we are family and that we are called to your plans and purposes amen